Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have a review of Last God, issue one, Batman, Curse of the White Knight, issue three and four, and Marvel Zombies Respond, issue one. This is your spoiler alert for all three issues, so I suggest if you haven't read these issues, pause the podcast and come back after you've read them. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host, Noah. Hey there. So, Noah, why don't you um, lead us off? The first book we're going to go into here is uh, Last God, so why don't you, you start us off with a discussion of this issue? I've been really excited about this book ever since uh, Philip told us about it. Um, and ever since, of course, I read the article about him announcing it, but then him telling us about it on the podcast. So this this book has been, I've been pretty excited about it. And I can't say that I was disappointed by the first issue. I'm as I'm really intrigued. I'm, uh, I love the world that's being fleshed out by yeah. both Philip and by Ricardo. They're, they're, them together, their storytelling is very fluid. And um, yeah, like I, I we'll get into the artwork and the, the writing as we go through it, but I'm, I wasn't disappointed. What did you think? No, I really enjoyed it. I think it treaded that fine line of, of telling, telling a story, uh, setting up uh, future elements and uh, leaving us wanting to, to read more. So definitely. That's, it's definitely, I mean, uh, this is going to be a 12 issue series, so there will be some finality to it and it'll, it'll stretch out and questions will be answered as we get to those later episode or issues. But I, I think it did. I think it did all three of those things really well, you know, building the world, giving us a giving us giving us a story and giving us an end point at the end of the issue. That's like uh, and we'll we'll get to it. But it's, uh, you know, it's that classic tune in next time to see what happens to your, your band of heroes. It's also in classic Philip style. He crams a lot into it, Mm -hmm. keeps the pace going. He's got a lot of world building just in this first issue, but he still gives it time to breathe and for you to really enjoy the artwork. Yeah. Also, you know, there, there are moments where so much of it is told just through the art and not through people talking. There are plenty of moments where, you know, there's a lot of, you know, exposition dumping, you know, through, you know, through dialogue and narration, but there's also a lot of moments that are just silent and just, you just have to read the reactions of the the characters and it's pretty great. Um, there's a, there's a, like, there are a couple of pa- pages that have a really high panel count, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, he's just really utilitarian with his storytelling as always and in keeping the story moving while still, you know, explaining the world, which we've talked to him quite a bit about, but he, he does that a lot in this book. Yeah, I just did a flip through really quick. And uh, one of the things that I noticed is, is that uh, uh, we sort of have like uh, a couple of like uh, tones, like we, we have, we have like uh we have like dark tones, yeah. then we go light, and then we go we go we go we go bright again, which we'll talk about, and then and then we go dark. So there's almost like uh, um, you know three or, or four like uh, changes in the book, just in the tone. And there's really uh, the other thing is is there's no like captions like one million years ago. Like the the story shifts, and mm-hmm. and without having to tell us like the you know the timeline shifting like we, we just you know it's good it's good comics that we know that like the time has shifted 
Yeah, then that again that goes back to it being a very visual heavy book. And uh yeah, you're talking about like the visual tone, but like story tone wise, it stays pretty consistently dark mm-hmm. and mysterious throughout the whole book. But you're you're sort of pointing out the color tone, it's almost like it's it's got again, like Philip because he's a musician, there you can feel a rhythm to things. Like that's something that I've realized with his work that like he has a very rhythmic way of storytelling and how he lays out beats. Um, we can, we'll probably have to do another episode where you sort of dive into sort of how he does rhythm in his books, but he, he does it. There is a lot of it in this, in this story as well. And it feels like, you know, yeah, it feels like you're, you're reading a song basically, which just sort of fits with the theme because this sort of supposed to be like a ballad of sorts, you know? Yeah, and uh, another another thing that we've seen in uh, in Philip's work is the is the 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 song. You know, we get yes. a song here, um, and you know, we we actually have uh, we have some people celebrating in the night uh, night singing. So music is is very uh, very key to this as well. And that was a cool moment to have the singing go through the horror moments as well. That's just two pages of a really effective sequence of horror. Mm-hmm. And violence but to have the yeah to have the song run through it is pretty great um it's a good way of uh of course we always talk about it on the podcast you know word bubbles can be used to give information through dialogue or narration but they can also be used to slow your eye down when you're on a page mm-hmm. and the having the um the one the, the the page where you see the people getting ripped apart by the god having the heavier thought bubble being a uh, heavier dialogue bubble from the song being at the top and then it gets smaller and smaller as you go down is really well like you know it it helps to make the the page a lot um you know like you know it helps you to helps keep your eye on the page for like the right amount um yeah yeah. So um, early on, we get uh, we get a little bit of uh, I guess the the legends of the world, and we get mm-hmm. this uh, we get the black stairs, which is just really cool, just a thing to to have incorporated into the story. Yeah, it's also very rooted in mythology. You know, having a having a stairway, you know, through a through a mountain pass. It's very Lord of the Rings, which there'll yeah. be a lot of Lord of the Rings comparison throughout this book. Definitely. And uh, so we get that legend, um, and then we're introduced to uh, we're introduced to some uh, some warriors in a very again a very Lord of the Rings sort of way. You know, you have yeah. you have each sort of different uh, you know different uh, race that sort of has its own special abilities, and uh, you know they all work together as you know as a team. So that that was you know, again, another Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah, it's got its, yeah, they, they, they introduce the key players almost like you would introduce your party in D&D, basically, mm-hmm. right? So you have, um, you have the Vaco Almoon, the Ferryman King, you have Skull, who's a, who's a wizard, basically. Um, then you have Joran, who's a, um, who they call the, uh, the greatest of the Dwaros, um, who's just a big, big warrior. And we have um, Hakon the Shamed, who we find out a little bit more through some really cool, again, some cool exposition later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, of course, Seanth, uh, who's the uh, the queen of the Mistress of Beasts, and she rides atop this cool 
furry monster and uh it has a bow and arrow but you have like yeah like you said you have a very lord of the rings thing where you have each character has their distinct weapons and abilities again like a D party but you know like it's it's a sort of philip seems to use the the language of mythology to keep the story moving you know he doesn't have to explain too much about it because he sort of roots the characters in this uh common like you know mythology language and then uh, ricardo sort of complements that with his art style where he gives you something new mm-hmm. but rooted in what we know about fantasy and what we know as the fantasy archetypes so it looks cool without seeing generic basically yeah and then from there we sort of jump to uh, a later day and we're in a classic sort of uh gladiatorial sort of uh battle scene uh, yeah. where we meet some new characters what, what did you think there I loved this scene because it's something that, you know, again, um, the movie Gladiator, like, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff that they teach you about, like, the the history of the Romans and all that. But, like, one of the crazy things was is that, like, during Gladiator matches where people are fighting to the death, they would use that to reenact historic moments, you know, Mm -hmm. where dudes would, like, literally kill each other to reenact a historic battle. And there's something like that going on right here. And I really love that flourish of actual history mixed with fantasy. Yeah. So, yeah, to have um, Tyr, the, the god slayer, the, the main man who apparently slayed the, the evil god that was going to r- destroy the world, um, is like you, you, you learn so much about him right then and there, like how mm-hmm. vain he is, but almost maybe more how he's kind of like the Conan the Barbarian character of sorts. Yeah, where he lives in a very barbaric time, and uh, this gladiator match is very, you know, very effective there. But it also it illustrates how, like, details about the battle, like a, one specific detail about why Hakon the Shamed is called that, and that's because he betrayed Tyr. But where we what we learn later about Tyr is that he might that might not be true. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that um, Hakon is either still alive or he was uh he wanted to kill the god and Tyr did not yeah um so at the end of the scene we have or the end of the sort of the 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 fight the the gladiators fighting we have two pretty interesting developments yeah um the the god slayer he he leaves the the match and and something happens to him and we'll we'll touch about on that later um, and then the queen, when she is uh, greeting the, the 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 slave warrior that has completed the sixty battles and should get his freedom, she she turns him she turns him away. He has to keep fighting. Um, yeah. So that's two big developments there. And in between those, before those developments, we get this brief flashback of what seems like Tyr trying to kill a baby. Yes. And we might not, and I'm wondering if that baby is um, um, Avender, the, 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 the slave that won the 60 battles. And we learned something about that, the, about Evander, is that he never kills his opponents. True. Um, and he, he always spares their lives, much to the chagrin of the crowd. There's some cool moments where he's, uh, I, I really like how they do the, the cheering in the background Mm -hmm. when he wins and how they use that like to occupy the space of things to show like where 
you know, how the sound is sort of dwindling out and where it's more powerful and more loud. Um, I thought that was a cool, cool uh, little detail that they did. Yeah, and um, I was just looking at the the page where we get the the background where um, uh, Tyr is going to to kill the baby. That that's done in a really interesting way because yeah. there's a there's a uh, there's a member of sort of like the the royal party there that's talking about how great he is, and the mm-hmm. the queen is sort of. Um, you know, he's saying how great he is and the queen just is being silent. And then we get a panel, which we have to assume is her flashback. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yes, he is great. But we're seeing that, you know, something not great is happening. So that's, you know, that's a cool thing that you can do in a comic book. Like, you, I guess you could do it in a movie where it would be like those two talking. There would be like a brief, like, cut to this other scene and then we would go back. But on a comic book page, you're able to to do that all together. And, uh, you know, the big thing, difference between a movie and a comic always is, is what, you know, in movies and TV, you control what, how, what people see for how long. Mm-hmm. And in comics, especially if you're trying to keep things a secret, you have to be very specific, like, you know, about what you show and what you don't. Because we can take as long as we want to look at this image right here. Um, and uh, having it sort of being in this muted color that, that uh, complements the the sort of uh, sandy color that permeates most of the panels uh, ahead of it um, is a good way of differentiating that it's not in the same time. Yeah. It's, it's not happening currently. Um, and there's a great composition, of course, with how the people are laid out that keeps your eye moving, um, moving around the panel and then off to the next page. Um, there's a, there's a lot of great mastery going on here, but again, it, it tells you a lot because we don't know necessarily if that's the queen also. Actually, we do know it's the queen because she has the, the finger gloves that go over the, the one finger that we see a close-up of later. So we know that's the queen. We don't know oh. if that's her baby or if it's someone else's. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good, that's a very good catch. I didn't see that on the on the yeah. first uh, go through. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch it at first, but I just realized that now that that's her, that's her style of the, of the gloves right there. Um, yeah. Okay. So moving on, uh, we, we talked about the, we talked about the, 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 the warrior having to go back and fight some more. And then we go to, we go to evening. Um, you know, we have some people, about their their merry way uh they've they've been they've been partying and drinking and they're they're singing um and then some some terrible things uh happen to them yeah before this we see the king sort of start flipping out yeah uh, and he's hearing the voice of the god basically saying how his life is a lie and that he promised him wealth and power beyond his imagination and i i like that uh that discussion of that that dialogue of the god is playing over when the queen is looking at uh the warrior and mm-hmm. she notices the ears i mean it kind of is I, I that's something that like you know is always really great to see um when you can be doing two things at once and yeah. you can be doing multiple things so you can be establishing this uh deal that tear made with the god but also you know with the dialogue but then at the same time raising some questions about who the 
the uh, the slave is, and then how those things will be related later on is always great. I always like seeing that in comics. Yeah, that's that is that is good setup. So yeah. um, we talked a little bit about these uh, these party goers. Um, yeah, meeting a meeting a terrible fate. Yeah, and it's a it's a brutal moment. And again, um, Philip Boys pitched this as a horror book as much as it is a fantasy book. Yeah. And sort of starting out, I was afraid. I'm like, oh, this sort of just feels more like fantasy. I was waiting for the horror to start. And then that was when it did. And I was like, okay, yeah, definitely a horror book. And I'm really happy about that. Um, That differentiates itself from a lot of other fantasy books out there. Yeah. And so moving on, we... uh we see uh we see the the slave warrior in the evening and he's he's going around with with one of his buddies and uh, they're talking um there's a lot of character development between the the two of them we see a lot about like uh you know how you know they're what they believe in and what they don't believe in with with mm-hmm. their, how they discuss that with each other yeah um it's a good and, dialogue scene right there to tell you more about the personality of um of the of the slave you know contrasting it with the guy who's a complete rebel Mm -hmm. so we we establish we're gonna see an arc of course of this main character who i'm I'm pretty sure is the the slave now and he's gonna you know this is his starting point where he doesn't question the king or the queen and i'm sure you know we're we're gonna we as the audience aren't are gonna grow with him to question the king and the queen and uh, learn more about this world and the secrets um, of the God and everything. Yeah. And at the end of this discussion, we, we, we find that there's a, there's a huge fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and now before that you have the, the awful scene of the, the, the dog eating. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, yeah, then the fire and everybody, uh, most people spring into action to 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 save uh to save uh you know people from the fire um you know our our what we assume is going to be our our hero here he springs into action and he's he's there to uh to to aid in the you know trying to trying to stop the fire uh but then more horrors uh sort of befall these these people there's a bit of uh there's a bit of, um, you know, different factions taking advantage of the situation yeah. um, in the fight, which is which is cool. It's, uh, I would say that that's more uh, that lean more to your uh, Game of Thrones sort of, yeah. uh, you know, you know, people in alliances with each other, people taking advantage uh, to to advance themselves. That was more. Uh, uh, that than it was uh you know your your classic lord of the rings stuff but uh you know this this stuff continues and then um the the last page reveal um and again we we said this was a spoiler alert we 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 see the we see the king again but he has transformed into this uh massive uh you know beast like we've been seeing throughout the issue yeah, he's got all these tentacles and thorns and things coming off of him. Um, yeah, to, to give your point, the comparison to Game of Thrones, there is this interesting like racism between like systemic racism of these like elvish characters 
mm-hmm. played out throughout. So that's like a really good way of building tension between characters is something that's like societal prejudice. Um, I guess racial prejudice, not societal. Well, like, you know, societal racial prejudice. Um, and uh, so that'll be a great conflict to explore later on. Um, but we know that this, uh, the leader, the, 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 their king, the ferryman king shows up and he's one of the original, he's one of the original fellowship. Mm-hmm. And so he still has some loyalty to his comrades, the, the king and queen. Um, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see if he, how long he lasts basically. And he seems to be the one that's keeping everybody calm and not from killing each other based on their own prejudice. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting. All right. So uh, needless to say, I think from that review, we are both uh, excited to, to continue and uh, uh, see more of, more of this series. Yeah. And I, one thing we, we didn't touch on very much and that's uh, of course, Ricardo Federici, Federici's art is amazing. He only did the pencils and then, then they just colored over it, which gives it a very painterly look to it. Yeah. Um, and then the colors by uh, Sonny Go and Dean White are amazing. Um, that's, it's very almost, it's, it's very, uh, muted, the mm-hmm. color palette, except for when the God shows up, it's very saturated red. And then the magic is very saturated primary colors, which makes them like very important. Yeah. Um, and makes the, the, them pop from the, the page. So I really love, I'm really loving the digital, the visual style of this book. I also really like the print. Um, the paper isn't too glossy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this nice, almost matte finish, and that makes it seem like the the art more painterly. You know, um, it, it really helps with the textures of the pencils of, of Ricardo's pencils, and then the the colors. It makes them seem more like you know brushed on and not too digital. So I I really love uh, I'm really loving what they're doing with the format. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's jump over to a, another DC Black Label uh, book. This yes. is Batman: Curse of the White Knight. Uh, and this on this episode, we're going to discuss issues three and four. We previously we've talked about one and two. Um, this is three and four, so this takes us to the halfway point. I believe this is an eight issue series. Yeah, I think so. Like so, uh, like the first part. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, we jump right into the action in three. Yeah, as finishing. The, yeah, as the Batmobile, um, the Batmobile is descending through water. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a this is a really cool sort of way to to just no pun intended drop you drop you into the story. Definitely, um, you know you're 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 not. Uh, it's not it's not talking heads it's sinking car and batman kicking his way out um and then you know swimming up so um you know again uh great great art um great car details from the batmobile yeah that uh it's uh no i i i really like that page the the coloring there is is cool because it's um you know, it's, it's, it's underwater, but there's still, you know, enough of a light source from above that where it's, it's in this would probably make sense because the, if it was so dark, we wouldn't be able to make out all of these great details. So they probably decided to, to have that water um, illuminated. 
Yeah, the having yeah the fire illuminate the water is is a great touch. Um, I also love uh, the the air bubbles being used as sort of framing devices on the last page, and they oh, kind of yeah. use it on the, on the on the first panel as well. But the air bubbles flowing flowing up are really great uh, flourishes to the motion of the of the image. Uh, that was I just like I just like when atmosphere is drawn in. Like I'm a sucker for all those like Ditko smoky things and stuff like that that yeah. he would always draw. I I just love that on a panel. I love to see what artists do with that. Yeah, and we talk a lot about page design, but this is sort of like the cars going down. We have three ends, three inset inset panels of like Batman kicking, and then he's coming up. Yeah. So, um, but I I know that like this two page panel uh, or two page sort of. Uh, title page that we get in each issue is, is always there but that was I think that's a missed opportunity because you know we have on this first page we have Batman coming up that we get this sort of movie poster-esque two-page spread to show off the art that we've already seen for for three issues and then Batman popping, pop, popping out of the water like that if that page turn was there without that that two-page yeah. title like it would have been like he's coming up out of the water and then page turn and boom, he's, he's popped out of the water. This is, it's sort of take, it sort of takes that moment away from that page turn there. It does. Yeah. I would have much rather preferred that that double page crap title spread wasn't there so we could get that continuous action. Yeah. Uh, it might've actually slows us down. It might've actually been better to put that after the, this page where the where the helicopter flies away from the burning mansion because then mm -hmm. we sort of like we do have a we do have a uh a scene shift yeah so we could have we could have stayed in this scene we could have got the two and then we could have gone with the title page as a transition to the to the scene shift but yeah um, but that's then that, we yeah then the story comes to a screeching halt yeah yeah so but this is you know uh this is you know classic murphy you know it's helicopters it's cars it's you know boats it's all that cool machinery that he 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 replicates so well um now i don't know why and this is just me being a helicopter nerd i don't know why they're going around in a chinook they should have they should have something uh, a little bit more modern but uh, yeah it's just cool it's i guess it was the coolest one to draw uh, having drawn it for one of your comics, I definitely agree on that. Like, I love, I love those helicopters so much. Um, yeah, they're definitely fun to draw. And I, I was actually hoping you would bring it up because I do love how he drew them. Yeah. All right. So Batman has, uh, been saved by the, the GTO. Um, and, uh, Wayne Manor is, is burning. And then, as we said, we, we shift, uh, we, we go to, um a lot of discussion um oh. a lot of uh, a lot of people uh sitting at a table um and we, we we slow it down now there's you know the the art is great here but uh, this is probably not the best use of uh murphy's murphy's talents here it's just a lot of people sitting around talking to each other for two pages um there's a lot of that in this series i'm just like gosh it always comes down to people just sitting around talking to each other in Gotham police station. Uh, I, wonder, yeah. I wonder if when we get to like seven and eight, it's just going to be a whirlwind of like, uh, 
you know, we got to we got to get to that uh, to that end point that we had, yeah. you know, for this series. So maybe we because I, I feel like I feel like in the first one we had like yeah. a little bit of this, and then we got to those last two issues, and they sort of went at like a breakneck pace. So yeah, I felt that with the last two issues it was very slow at first, and then like the last four were just like bam, 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 bam. and uh, yeah, like I, I think it might just be Sean Murphy's like I kind of want to draw intimate conversations. And then at some point he realizes this is so boring. I'd rather draw cars and, you know, and, uh, and people punching each other. Yeah. I, so, uh, what, what I find funny here is, is that, uh, uh, as they're discussing, Bruce has taken his, his mask off, yeah. but, uh, but Dick has still got that silly, uh, that little thing just to cover the top of his nose and his eyes, even though, Everybody on the everybody on the force knows who he is. He's, and that's he's, the frustrating part of the first two issues is when like they're like, guess whose Batgirl is Barbara Gordon, and James Gordon's like, what? <laughs> and uh, like she's wearing these like little ears on her head, which she's still just a stupid thing. Like I'm like, gosh, uh, the little bad ears are annoying. And they, then they, they do. It looks like she's got like a. Uh, they're just she's got like one of those like. Uh, uh, like hair bands, like a, yeah. like a like a like a like a younger girl would wear, and it's just yeah. sort of like there, and then those are just protruding protruding up because like if if, yeah. if not, how are how are they how are they how are they affixed to her head? Is it yeah? Well, like and it just takes away from the drama where it's like uh, after all this exposition, she's looking at him concerned, and I'm like, I want to be invested in the drama, but I see those little bad ears sticking up, I can't take them seriously. <laughs> Um, but yeah, apparently James Gordon couldn't tell that that was his daughter with the little bad ears and the little mask, um, and talking to her a lot. So, yeah. And, and she, she, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell from a comic, but does she use any voice inflection? Is she oh, kind of like, true. cause you know, it's, you know, it's she a, did this whole time. Yeah. Tell me, tell me where the bombs are. Tell me where the bombs are. Like, yeah. so now everybody's turning their their, their podcast down <laughs> so from there after that uh after that uh meeting uh we shift to to harley um putting together uh a, a crib for for her her soon to be born child and yeah batman shows up uh for more talking uh, but i think the the big thing is what happens at the end of this uh conversation uh Bruce decides to or sorry Batman decides mm. to reveal himself to Harley as as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and I, like we'll talk about this when we get to issue 4, but Murphy's really good at the silent intimate most moments or just mm. like the moments where it's like just understated. So just that panel of him taking his mask off and saying I need you to trust me. That was really powerful. Like I was like, "Oh, wow." Like I feel something um, when they're not just bashing me over the brains with explaining things. Um, yeah, like I, I really love that panel. I really love um, I really love the emotions and just looking at the art for this sequence of Harley and um, the vulnerability that she has with Batman in this moment. And I think that's sort of what makes this series great. And the first series as well is like it's not the writing. It's definitely not the writing. It's not the dialogue. It's really Murphy knows how to tell a story visually and mm -hmm. knows how to get you invested in characters 
or at least to tell a story well enough that you like, you know, you look at these characters and you feel something for them. Yeah. So, so now, now Harley knows who, who, who the Batman is. Uh, we shift to, uh, we shift to uh, Arkham where, where Batman uh, comes in to, to confront the, confront the Joker. More explaining. Um, so we you know we have more we have more talking, but we do have a uh, we have a flashback of the Joker finding uh, uh, Arkham's you know, skeleton. Yeah, and 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 some and some paperwork. Yeah, um, not much there, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, I do like that page because you know another great thing about Murphy is he always has that like pillar composition right mm-hmm. yeah. so that's just a great you know murphy pillar composition like you know yeah. yeah so um i think the the big development uh that continues in this uh interrogation is that uh bruce has brought uh bruce has brought harley along yeah um then that's not really handled very well no because uh Batman and the Joker are talking. We have a flashback and then we have a page turn. The Joker's still talking. Um, oh, I guess, I guess she does walk in. She walks in and on that third inset pan. Okay. No, I, I take that back. It is handled a little bit better than, than I thought it was because and she, I, I do she, like that, that third panel, I guess the second inset panel. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that moment where he kind of, it looks like Jack is coming back out when he sees her. Yeah. And then he switches back to the Joker so that there is sort of this battle still going on between Jack Napier and the Joker. Yeah. I like that moment. Yeah. So yeah. I take that back. She, she, we do see her enter the room. I just looking at it this for the second time, I thought like, Oh, she just shows up in the, that big last panel. Um, so, the the Joker sort of says some terrible things to to get on Harley's uh, try to get on Harley's bad side. She handles it a little bit better than than Batman. Batman's ready to uh, to pounce and uh, beat the Joker, but I don't think it. Uh, I don't really think it takes much for for Batman to uh, jump at the opportunity to to beat on the Joker. Yeah, and uh, there's some real clunky dialogue throughout all of this, but this part is sort of clunky. And, I mean, the Joker's supposed to be a gross guy, but, like, this is really gross stuff that he says. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I, I, but then you turn the page, and there's a beautiful double-page spread of all the prisoners being taken out of Arkham. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to see the inks of this in issue two, which were really great as well. But this is a beautiful shot, very well composed, double page spread. Um, yeah. So they're all being taken. Uh, so uh, they're all being taken out of Arkham so that uh, Batman and Harley can go into the to the lower levels of, of Arkham. Is that what I'm trying to to be told here? I think there was something uh, something involving. To another facility to to investigate the elites. Yeah, you're right. So they're they're investigating the elites. So they're moving all the people because something that was proposed in White Knight is that there were these elites that sort of had this like swinging door. Okay. For Arkham, 
and so that like they would release the 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 prisoners from arkham to destroy certain properties so that they could rob from the the batman devastation fund okay so that so they're investigating arkham to see if the elites what the elites are doing there and also to do that but yeah we're gonna get into the stupidest part of this book right here all right well i'll turn it over to you yeah why is harley going with batman right here why is this pregnant crazy woman going with Batman and to investigate this thing? And then she has a contraction as she's going in and Batman's like, you okay? It's like, yeah, just a little false alarm. More common with twins, I guess. Batman, the greatest detective, doesn't look at that and is like, hmm, leading a pregnant woman that's really close to birth with twins into a dark, like, you know, dungeon. Maybe not a good idea. Gosh, yeah. I mean, well, Gordon birth in the dungeon, anyways. So, well, like, Gordon is in the. Uh, well, who's in the? So, like, Bullock's in the interrogation room. Duke Gordon, is in. Duke is with Harley. Gordon is there. Like, none of none of those folks come down there with him. He's not like no. you know. Hey, Jim, why don't you just come with me in case uh in case things take a turn? You can grab her and pull her out, and I can continue my investigation. Yeah, why is she even there? Why does he take her with? <sighs> well, he's got he's got he's got two police officers. He's got another superhero. He's like, I'm gonna take the crazy pregnant woman with me. That's the best candidate to go down here, right? Yeah, and also like, why didn't he just take her home first? You know, he's Batman. The uh, Batmobile can drive itself. He could have yeah. been like Batmobile. Zip yeah. over here, pick her up, take her to her place, and come back. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but it does end up, there's some really cool art in here. Uh, <laughs> switching gears <laughs> of them going down into the catacombs. There's some cool art of the cat of, of Arkham Asylum. Murphy draws Arkham really well. Uh, there is this, uh, again, really clunky dialogue. Um, per, finishing with my, my, like, you know, my biggest pet peeve. If you have to explain to the, reader that your storyline is epic um that's not a good thing yeah. you know so like there's this dialogue where harley references what's going on in the story as pretty epic mm-hmm. and i just think that's the like i don't know much about writing but that kind of thing just sort of like just is like i have to tell you it's epic like the writer having to tell you that um that's not the the greatest vote of confidence yeah. in your story all right um, so um but i do like the night vision like the the all infrared like uh x-ray vision panels those are really cool um on the following page uh when yeah. they're investigating the tomb i almost felt like somebody else drew those but yeah uh, there's no it's obviously nobody else is credited for those um but i guess you know we don't get that classic uh I mean, since it's night vision, we don't get that classic, you know, Murphy detailed, scratchy, um, you know, every fold of fabric, every line on the nose drawn. But uh, they they definitely do switch the art to let you know something or the art style does definitely switch to let you know that something has changed there. Yeah, I like that part of it. Yeah. Um, and they realize that there's uh, another body buried underneath there. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's move on. Um, from there, we, uh, instead of people talking at a conference room table, we have, uh, we have people talking, uh, at the bar. We have most of the, the GTO, uh, hanging out. 
Um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of razzing and, uh, I think the, I think what happened, you know, the big thing that happens here is, is that, uh, uh, Jim Gordon leaves and then, then he goes outside, uh, and there is a figure in silhouette sitting there, um, that looks very much like Batman, Bat, uh, Jim Gordon actually thinks that it's Batman again, He's not very smart. He doesn't know that his daughter is uh, is is Batgirl, and he doesn't know that this this figure that comes all the way up to shake his hand and come out of the darkness is not Batman. He's not Batman. Jim Gordon is kind of an idiot. <laughs> so uh, this figure that Jim thinks is Batman that makes it all the way to probably two and a half, three feet away from him to shake his hand is none other than. Azrael. There's um, a cool sequence here. There's a cool fight sequence between uh, Azrael's men and the GTO, and then yeah, Azrael stabs Gordon. Yeah. Uh, before that, there's a you know, Harley. Um, oh yeah. There's you know again we've we've already talked about how much of a bad decision it was to take Harley down there, but now that bad decision is uh, you know uh, Batman is fully facing those consequences now. Uh, but let's let's do the let's do the fight. Um, yeah, fight's really cool. Yeah, so, cool, uh, you know he does he does gunfights really well in his books, and this is uh, this is a cool gunfight. Yeah. So uh, as you as you stated, uh, Jim gets stabbed with the the flaming sword. Yeah, um, and knocked you know, off a building. He can't survive this. Yeah, most of the you know, the GTO is is under fire. Bullock takes a. Bullock takes some shots and, and goes down. Uh, Jim falls off of the building, and uh, the, so this issue ends with Jim uh, sort of bloody and in um, in the in the in the alleyway. Now, I just noticed this, and we'll probably talk about it in a little bit uh, as we get to the next issue. But this issue is very much like uh, one of the first couple pages in the in the next issue. Mm. So that's going to take us to uh, book four, yeah. of of White Knight. Uh, we we uh, we start off with Jim on the operating table uh, being sort of wheeled in, uh, but then we do we have a flashback of of Jim and uh, Barbara talking, and uh, Jim sort of telling her to to not take any take any mess from any from any bullies intercut with uh barbara trying to get to her dad in the hospital yes true um and montoya and bullock holding her back as he's being wheeled into the operating room as she's standing outside watching him being operated on um yeah and we and we shift between pinks light pinks and blues Mm. which you know the flashbacks are in like this this pinkish hue that's uh you know that goes along with this is sort of early morning. He's, he's dropping her off at, at school. Um, the, the sun's coming up, things are warming. Uh, the light blues are sort of that cold clinical lighting yeah. that you would have it in a hospital. So, uh, that's, that's, that's great coloring by, uh, Hollingsworth there. Yeah, it is really great. And a good, like we talked about in last God, it's, it's always great to see time periods being distinguished, not through title cards, but through, visual style so you as you said barbara is uh 
Barbara is rushing to get, or she she's rushing to get in, then she rushes to get out. But that, if we look at this, uh, where Batman is uh, hugging and hover, hovering over Jim, who is, uh, who is, uh, I presume, you know, dead on this operating table. That is very close to how yeah. it, it sort of feel in like tone and coloring as when he falls off and he's dead in the, in the alleyway. Yeah. And there's even a descending composition very similar to that. And the angle at yeah. which uh, the, the final image is at is, is exactly the same. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right. So from there, um, we shift um, and uh, we, we go to the GTO headquarters, more people arguing with each other, yes. more people not getting along with each other, um, letting it, letting each other know that they don't agree with each other. Yep. Um, Batman, Enough of that. Batman swings through the sky to check on, uh, check on Harley, who he took down into the lower uh, sections of Arkham Asylum. And uh, he talks with uh, Leslie Tompkins, who is, it looks like he set uh, her up with uh, the, the means to, to, to watch Harley. Yeah, to keep her safe from the Joker. So they, Leslie keeps the, the baby safe. Um, I do like this moment. I like the conversation between Leslie and Bruce. I always like their relationship in any comic, but uh, this is a really great moment of their their interaction and basically Leslie being like, hey, if you tell anyone that you're Bruce Wayne, um, a lot of people are going to be in danger, including myself Yeah, and these kids. So uh, I thought that was a really good moment of like, oh, wow, someone's smart in this story. And, uh, but I do love that last panel. I really like the vulnerability. Again, Murphy's really good at vulnerability between characters and uh, that sort of motherly panel where she's, you know, he's on the ground holding on to her and she's sort of cradling him is really great. Yep. All right. So after that, we, uh, I'm going to tell you something shocking. We have two characters arguing with each other. Now, this is, I, I have some issues with the way this is handled. I know Barbara is acting tough. Uh, with her little tiny bat ears poking out of her hair. Yeah, no, just can't um, take this seriously. And I know that I feel like this is in character for her. I definitely she would be she would be tough. She would be motivated by revenge. But I just feel like she would put have on those hard, little bat ears. I feel like <laughs> I feel like she would have a harder time sort of holding everything to together. Like if it would have been like a little bit of I'm tough, a little bit of I'm breaking down, a little bit of I'm tough, but it's just all. Like, I'm tough. I'm going after everybody. I'm getting my revenge. Yeah. Maybe she's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to think about it too hard. All right. Let's just move on. Yeah. But before before we move on past this dialogue scene, uh, Barbara, reviewing some of the uh, surveillance oh, yes. photos, uh, notices, a, notices something out of place. A, mm-hmm. What she tells us is a customized military vehicle. From the seventies? No, from the nineteen seventies. From the nineteen seventies. That must be him. Yeah. Click, click, click into the computer, and 
then we do we go to to Batman, who I believe is is he at a safe house here? He's oh yeah, he's obviously he's at a safe house. The the Wayne Manor is burned down. Yes. Uh, then um, we he's talking with Leslie still. Yeah, and then we have uh, she does a she does a tells us a flashback story of uh, her her actions that she took with with Alfred in the past. Um, the, they meet a priest from the Order of Saint Dumas, which yeah. I thought I was going to get more out of this sword by how the cover showed it, and I was like, oh dang, we're going to see some sword wielding Alfred barely got any of that this issue no uh so so some more detective work takes place Mm -hmm. uh and then we we shift to barbara she is uh collecting collecting her guns uh and she is she's about to go out uh bullock who must be better now yeah, he healed from those gunshot wounds real fast. <laughs> he uh, he comes out and he looks like he's confronting her that she's doing something silly, but he's on board for revenge. They jump into the tumbler and take off. This is a, I love the tumbler. I love yeah. the tumbler just because it's you know that's sort of I'm a, I'm a young man, so like my Batmobile isn't like Keaton's Batmobile or anything. It's the tumbler, and like I love the tumbler so much. So like how he draws a tumbler is so cool. And uh, yeah, this, this chase scene and how it, they ram into the, uh, into Azrael's military, 1970s customized military vehicle. is pretty great. Yeah. Um, Batman being uh, at this point, being a good detective and making good decisions does have a tracker on the, uh, on the tumbler. So yes. he knows, he knows where they're going. He's on the, He's on the the bat cycle uh, in in pursuit. Uh, as you stated, Barbara Rams the, uh, the customized 1970s military vehicle. Military vehicle. Yeah. Um, the, it crashes. Uh, you know, Azrael thinks that he's under attack from from Batman, only to find out that it is Barbara seeking revenge. Uh, Batman steps in, stops things, uh, gunfight. Uh, Barbara is hit in the back. More fighting, more fighting. Sorry, I'm just sort of... It's a good fighting sequence, but it's yeah. a lot of fighting. Then uh, there's a cool scene when when Batman and uh, Azrael fight each other and then Azrael whacks off... Uh, Change Batman's mask. It's pretty what? great. Oh, sorry, never mind. <laughs> just use it. No, no, that's okay. I the, paused uh, a little bit there, no, didn't I? Well, no, yeah. the, the the use of use of words was. Uh, yes, yeah, I paused after that. <laughs> a little too long. So, um, Fox. Uh, well, that doesn't sound very good either, because that's the sound effect. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, he no. slices off the mask. That's yeah. better. There yeah. we go. Sorry, um, kids. <laughs> Uh, so um but i think the biggest you know they 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 all the the you know Azrael and his followers they all sort of retreat Mm -hmm. um but i think uh you know the big development is 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 bruce carrying barbara away and she does not look like she's in uh she's in a in a good state no and he's gonna have to live with that because if she had killed 
Azriel, maybe she wouldn't have been in that situation if he had just let her shoot him. And um, then but he we, had to be Mr. No Kill Batman. And then we we go to we go to a we go to a black page and uh, yeah. I'm gonna buy that page uh, oh, of yeah. original art for six hundred dollars. Yeah. That le- I mean I'm I'm guessing that's the starting bid on eBay. So yeah. all right, so that is uh that is White Knight three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's uh, let's wrap this up with a little bit of discussion on uh, another book done by Philip Kennedy Johnson. Yeah, Marvel Zombies. Phillips. Respawn. Um, this is sort of a uh, a relaunch of of Marvel Zombies, and I have to admit, I don't have a lot of uh, I don't have a lot of experience with Marvel Zombies. So. Neither do I. This is my first. This, but this did do a good job of uh, sort of creating a creating a start point and in, in dropping us into into the story. Uh, why don't yeah. you lead us off, and then and then we'll discuss this in, in a little bit more detail. Well, we'll have to post the similarities between the openings of these two books of, of Philip's books that came out on the same day. Yeah, um, they open very similar with four panels, uh, like one sequence of actions. Uh, mm-hmm. On this one, it's it's. It's a zoom in on Galactus floating through space. Um, and then the first, and, and on the last god, it's a sort of a sequence of this bird landing on a, in a nest and eating its own, like eating like the egg, like its own eggs, it seems like. Yeah, and the, um, other, sim- and the other similarity is, is that uh, he handles expedition, exposition uh, in two totally different uh, ways. Yes. Uh, in the fantasy book, it's done in the classic sort of, uh, narrator telling you a legend and this one it's somebody giving us sort of a mission briefing and we see when we turn the page who it is it's it's reed yeah classic reed giving classic exposition yeah. um and uh, everyone in this uh from the beginning you sort of uh they're, they're they're all the designs of the characters are sort of from their recent um incarnations in the comics so reed's got his beard mm-hmm. and then we'll see like magneto in his uh house of x white suit yeah um yeah so yeah we find out that uh carol danford said a sent a message about finding galactus and the fantastic four the x-men and the avengers are gonna go long story short yeah so the the then from there we have a bit of uh getting the team together um and stuff like that so they they head out um and they 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 find Galactus. I thought some of that was cool. The the yeah. power sets that were used to uh, to to do um, you know to 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 complete that locating of of Galactus. Yeah, I like um, I love the sequence um, of uh, Magneto pulling Galactus or pulling them closer to Galactus. That was a really well done thing. And then especially with just the sound effects at the end. It was yeah. very effective in building sort of this uh, tension and horror at the reveal, which is a great page turn to a full page spread. Yeah, and I got to assume that that that's just sort of the all of that intricate uh, metal stuff that Galactus wears around him yeah. that is is able to let Magneto uh, pull him closer. Yeah, and um, this this. Uh, full page spread is beautiful um gotta give it to uh to uh leonard kirk yeah. for his artwork is it's just really good in this issue 
Uh, so from there, they they go inside Galactus for for more investigation. Um, yeah, I really liked that. Did you like that? That yeah, like, it was kind of like exploring it insides. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was sort of like uh, I'm trying to think. It's like uh, it's sort of like your classic. We found a we found a big dead monster. We're we're uh, we're going inside. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, before that, like Wolverine is alerted to like there's somebody, there's somebody already there. Yeah, he sees someone. And I, yeah. uh, another thing that's interesting is is that uh, Tony and uh, and Hank are really just on the mission because they want to pull samples of Galactus um, to to you know re- either study or reverse engineer them. Yeah, the, and then the the whole mission is that they're going to do that and then blow up Galactus so that no one else gets their hands on any Galactus particles, basically. Yeah, because they can't fall into the hands of, you know, Hydra or whatever. Right. I think, like, the was the big ones, like the Shi'ar or the Skrulls, something yeah. like that. They're talking about those people. Um, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, so we... We get our team that goes in. Rhodey stays behind uh, to guard the ship because Cap trusts him to basically to turn and run if he has to, but also to bomb the crap out of Galactus if he has to. Yeah, and that's got to be, you know, Steve putting his faith in another military man to, yeah. to follow orders and follow the the, the chain of command where yeah. you know, if, if that was if that was Tony or, or somebody else, they might, uh, they might not take, take the order. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, we get some cool, uh, interactions between the characters. I'm really, I'm, I was very excited to see how Philip would handle like, uh, you know, established characters and things like that. He writes them all really well. And yeah, he, he does, does a good job of, uh, of, of distinguishing, making sure that all their characteristics come out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the Fantastic Four, I'm like, wow, he's doing a great job writing these characters. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. You have the sort of carefree nature of of Johnny, and you sort of have the, uh, you know, uh, take no take no uh, guff. Uh, you know, Ben, he 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 does nail those perfectly. And both him and and Leonard uh, do a good job of showing the love between the four. You know, mm-hmm. there's this, uh, you get the the family sense there and you get the familiarity between all the characters, uh, even not just the four, but like the Avengers and the X-Men and stuff, you get their familiarity. Okay, but on with the story. Yeah, so they, they're inside Galactus and they're making a lot of discoveries. Yes. Um, there's uh, there's this power source feeding Galactus. Uh, Wolverine smells something that he doesn't like. And it turns out we will. Uh, it turns out to be Carol Danvers, the with one her who's guts hanging out. The one who sent the message. Yeah. Um, which I don't know what uh, what the Marvel zombies were like before this, but these are intelligent, almost like hive mind zombies. Uh, they can speak, and uh, they still want to feed and like you know corrupt people. But like, there's a. Like there's an intelligence behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see where that will go. Uh, but the, but Wolverine, Thor, Magneto, Magic, Captain America, and Beast get attacked by a bunch of different Marvel zombies, specifically yeah. Captain Marvel and the Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Definitely. Yeah. And uh, it does not go well for, for most of our, our Marvel heroes. Um, I think slowly one by one, most of them are, are turned. Um, The, the, the fantastic four, um, you know, there's some, there's some, you know, uh, moments of like, uh, you know, real, like uh you know drama and tension where you see like those close-knit family members one by one realizing that uh i think johnny turns first yeah he gets they find silver surfer is sort of the power source yeah and uh he's been silver surfers uh he's been zombified and he bites johnny and then um yeah then slowly all the x-men go and then captain america goes and tells thor to leave first and Thor is on his way out, and then who, who was this? Uh, what's this guy's name? Is it Gladiator? Yes. Runs into? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was a cool reveal where it's like you think that he's in the clear, and then like bam, there's another obstacle in his way. So all of those heroes get back to the ship where Rhodey is still there, and uh, Rhodey's unaware of what has happened, um, and and they they get back to the to the ship. Yeah, and it explodes. And if I'm remembering correctly, from there we we shift to uh, the the Richards kids um, and and Spider Man um, hanging out. Spider Man is just sort of trying to tell them that everything's going to be okay. Um, we see a light in the sky, um, and then uh, from there we get that that last page of that really cool image of Galactus just sort of head first crashing into earth. I mean, yeah. As far as like last page cliffhangers. Yeah. That is a, that's a pretty epic one. No kidding. Yeah. Like uh, it was a lot happened in this first issue. I was not expecting it to be, but again, like it's sort of what we've come to expect from Philip is that like, he's going to cram the issue full of possibly can. And uh, Marvel Zombies is no exception that, like, he literally, like, just was like, everything is going in. Yeah, there's got to be a little bit of freedom with this sort of, uh, you know, story that's out of, like, normal 616 where you you can do something where you can have Galactus headfirst smash into into Earth, so. Yeah, no I for not uh for not have read a uh marvel zombies book before I, I i did really enjoy this one and you know there was a lot of cool things that you were able to do i mean in a regular story uh in a marvel you know event a regular title i'm pretty sure marvel editors would say you can't turn carol into into a zombie but here you can yeah um DC did that earlier this year. I haven't read it yet with like deceased. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of similar stuff there. I'm always really happy to see books like that where they're like, yeah, we can kill whoever we want, you know, throughout the whole books and things like that. Since it's out of continuity and then this night, you know, too, if that's something that like, I think there's a theme throughout the, all the books we've looked at now is that all the writers sort of get free reign to do with whatever they want with their characters. Um, yeah, it's it's got to be it's got to be freeing as a writer yeah it's got to be great for someone like sean murphy to be like yeah i can kill james gordon alfred possibly batgirl you know um 
and you know not have to worry about like oh i have to bring them back because i have all their other series going on and stuff like that like you mm-hmm. know you can tell self-contained stories with these established characters and then of course you have the original book with the last god where philip and uh frederico can do whatever they want you know yeah yeah all right so i think that was uh four uh four pretty in-depth reviews three different yeah. series um uh i think uh, uh i think we're all pretty much on board to continue with these uh just to uh you know despite uh some of the the jokes we made about uh uh, some of the aspects of White Knight, I'm still pretty excited to see where where it ends up. Oh yeah, like the especially like you know, Murphy he he knows how to hook you with his books. He definitely does. All right, yeah. so uh, I think that's going to do that do it for for this episode. Uh, so I'm going to do a couple of plugs. Uh, I am running a Kickstarter for the reset. Um, it is in its last uh, couple of days uh, at the time of this recording. So uh, please check that out. Uh, also check out The Hollow by, or Hollowed, excuse me, by Casey Broker. And check out Orson Welles' Warrior of the Worlds, Volume 1. And that's by Milton Lawson. And Milton is going to be on the next episode for, for an interview. Um, I'll have links to all of that in the show notes. And if you want to give us a follow, we are on social media on Twitter at construct Compod. We are on Instagram at constructing comics pod. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash constructing comics. We are on YouTube under the same name of constructing comics. Again, links to all of that in the show notes. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll be back with another episode very soon.